0: Last week, I spoke about being born again. I spoke from a scripture from John 3, 3 to 7. And Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Truly I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is Spirit. Do not marvel at what I say to you. You must be born again. And so last week we spoke about how we see and enter into the kingdom. A person cannot see or enter into the kingdom of God unless they are born again. They cannot see it. So if you cannot see the kingdom of God, then you need to be born again. So that's what I spoke about last week. This week, I'm speaking about what does that look like? What does a kingdom-minded person look like? Uh, How do they respond in life? What do they do in life? How do they approach life? And I think it's that, that how do they approach life? So a kingdom-minded person... uh, uses this as what Jesus taught us to pray. This is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So the kingdom believer is aware of the spiritual realm, and he is also aware of the difference between the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of life and God's kingdom and the devil's. Uh, influence I would say because the devil doesn't really have a kingdom he has influence but he doesn't have a kingdom uh, so we want a kingdom-minded person is a person that is always committed to seeing God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Acts one eight says uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and so we spoke last week about the two different uh, uh, two different works of the same Holy Spirit. One is uh, the new birth, being born again, and then the other is the baptism and infilling of the Holy Spirit, and how we need both, but they're the work of the same Holy Spirit. Uh, When it speaks about Acts 1.8, where it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, if being born again gives us sight into the kingdom of God, then baptism in the Holy Spirit is the power given to make the reality of the kingdom something that is manifest here on earth. Uh, And we see this throughout Jesus' ministry. Jesus said he only does what he sees the Father doing. In essence, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit is there to make the reality of what we see God doing manifest on earth. So when Jesus healed somebody, it was the power of the Holy Spirit that healed them, but it was in conjunction with what Jesus saw the Father doing. So it's important to to have that distinction, that understanding. And for the person that is a born-again believer, they have a very clear understanding as they grow in the Lord of this uh, idea of the kingdom of God manifesting on earth it says in Romans one twenty: for since the creation of the world God's invisible qualities his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly seen been understood from what has been made so that men are without excuse so everything that we see that is good and full of life emanates from the Godhead We cannot separate the kingdom of God, which is spiritual, from the effect it has on the physical. In essence, they are linked. And everything that is good and full of life is sustained by the Godhead. Hebrews 1 verse 3 says this, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of His being, sustaining all things by His powerful word. Uh, so creation is this reflection of God and it is such a powerful reflection which clearly shows that God exists. And perhaps this is one of the reasons that Jesus, when speaking in some of the parables that he speaks of, uses the very creation as an uh, and creative order as an indication of the kingdom. And it's very interesting how The different perspective people will say we cannot see God. For the person that is born again, everything that he sees in the physical is a representation of the kingdom of God. And for him or her, it is clear that God exists by what they see God has created. But unfortunately, Romans 5.12 says this, Sin entered the world through one man, and death through sin, and in this way death came to all man, because all sinned. And the source of that we see in Revelation 12.9, the great dragon was hurled down, the ancient serpent that called the devil, or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. So everything that we see that is destructive and self-focused is a result of of the spiritual power that satan exerts over people and he's actually the bible tells us clearly that he has blinded the mind of the unbeliever so that they cannot see the glory of the kingdom of christ and that's why it's so important again to be a kingdom-minded person we have to be born again and uh, so this intersection between the spiritual and the physical that what happens in the physical is a product of the spiritual, either good or bad. And it also seems that the conduit of either God's kingdom or the devil's influence has this effect to create some sort of spiritual atmosphere. Um, and we. I'm, I'm not sure that Satan has the ability without mankind actually enacting his will whether satan actually has the ability to affect the physical now some people believe that he does and from some of uh, the testimonies that i've heard some people have seen demonic forces uh, but i believe that when they do see them it's actually demonic forces are all around all the time but god has given them insight into the spiritual realm and the demonic realm at that point in time but it's not clear from scripture that without man's uh, involvement that the devil can enact his will here on earth but it does seem that he creates a he has spiritual power through human beings and that's why it says in leviticals 19:31, do not turn to mediums or seek out spiritists for they will for for you will be defiled by them i am the lord your god and then he also warns in leviticus 20 verse 6 i will set my face against the person who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute himself by following them and i will cut him off from his people so it's very clear that god is not wanting the influence of spiritists and mediums because clearly they are conduits for the demonic power and destruction that comes through people onto earth and so there's a quite a strong warning regarding that but a kingdom-minded person will be able to see this quite easily as i said i'm sure that people create an atmosphere or environment that actually has spiritual power and 1 timothy 4 1 it says that the spirit clearly says that in latter times some will abandon the faith and follow, follow deceiving spirits and things taught by demons. And this then becomes a cultural atmosphere. All right? And we see cultural atmosphere because we know that there is a sense in which you cannot oppose it. Uh, when a cultural atmosphere is created, Uh, The one that stands against it or outside it uh, is shamed or is persecuted. And this is because there's a cultural atmosphere that has been created. And there is definitely a spiritual uh, aspect to that. We know that. Um, In 1 Corinthians 10.20 it says the sacrifice of pagans are offered to demons, not to God. And uh, uh, Paul clearly says, I don't want you to participate with Demons. So they were sacrificing, uh, and most often the sacrifices were made through a physical image that was put up. And what it says behind those images are actually demons. And um, so, whenever we have an idol of any sort, the Bible clearly forbids uh, in the Ten Commandments you shall not make a graven image of anything. And that includes a graven image of things that represent god's kingdom uh, some have actually done this and it's caused uh, israel did this and it caused uh, israel to sin so there should be never any kind of image that stands as a conduit to represent the spiritual whether it is a good or whether it's bad it's not it, it's clearly against god's word uh, your home has a spiritual atmosphere and for a kingdom-minded person they should be able to discern this and it is primarily determined by the person who is in control and that's not always the parent Uh, often children can determine the spiritual atmosphere of the home and that's why it's so important uh, for parents uh, believing parents particularly But I would say any parents, but believing parents need to keep uh, their children in check and control. Otherwise, they can become a conduit for the enemy. Um, So it's a good question to ask. Who is determining the spiritual atmosphere of our home? So this kingdom-minded person is always aware of the spiritual dynamic involved in what they do. And we are either instruments of God's kingdom, bringing redemption and life, which is what all of creation is in eager expectation and waiting for. In Romans eight nineteen, it says this, that the creation waits in eager expectation for the sons of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the glorious freedom of the children of God. So your family, your friends, your colleagues, your boss, this earth, all of them are eagerly awaiting to be brought into the freedom that you at present as a child of God now enjoy. And so they can benefit ahead of time through you, the kingdom of God so you must ask yourself the question the question is are you an instrument of that kingdom when people look at you uh, the way that your your children experience you if you're a parent the way your spouse experiences you how do they do they experience you as somebody that brings life into the home or do they experience you as somebody that brings death into the home it's a, ter- a terrible thing to see a home ruled by tyranny where children are afraid of their parents because their parents are not bringing life into the home. But also equally, life, for life to be involved in the home, there also needs to be discipline to prevent Satan getting in through whoever within that home. Galatians 6 to 8 says this, "...the one who sows to please his sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction." So the destruction is spiritual, spiritual, physical, emotional, and mental. When we are making decisions that even may seem good, but are for the purpose of pleasing ourselves, our own sinful nature, we bring destruction spiritually, physically, emotionally, and mentally. So to reiterate, a kingdom-minded person is always thinking on the direction they are taking and the decisions that they are making. When even some of our decisions which seem to be good can be bad. We take this scripture, for instance, in Matthew 16, 22 to 23. When Peter took him aside and began... To, this is Peter taking Jesus aside to rebuke him. And he says, Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. When Jesus was speaking about his death, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, sir. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the things of God, but the things of men. So Peter thought he was being pro- protective and reassuring of Jesus. I'm sure every one, of us can, uh, uh, every one of us can relate. You know, we've had this great epiphany of who Jesus is. And now we want to protect him. We want to uh, just help him to understand that we've got his back. And that's what Peter was really basically saying. He says, Jesus, I've got your back. You know, you don't have to worry. I've got your back. I'll stand in. And we see even in the Garden of Gethsemane, he was prepared to take out his sword and die. Uh, but that was not the purposes of god and clearly jesus sees that see this well-meaning guy that but was thinking from a very physical point of view and guess what satan was able to use him because of that um and so we must understand that a kingdom-minded person is always aware of this specific dynamic dynamic now every one of us finds ourselves in times of trouble from time to time and that trouble does not always look different between those who are in the kingdom or kingdom-oriented believers and those who are even saved. Two scriptures that illustrate this is in John four. So sometimes, the trouble that we find ourselves in is a result of our own doing. Uh, we see this in the scripture John five fourteen. Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said to him, "See, you are well again. Stop sinning, or something worse may happen." Uh, this happened because the guy was healed, but then went out to sin. And then, of course, something could befall him that actually was a, a, a trouble, could befall him that was a result of what he did, not of anybody else. It was his trouble of his own doing. And we see Jesus rebuking his disciples because they were not kingdom minded in this. Uh, when he went out to pray, they were asleep when they should have been praying. And we're in danger of falling into the trap of the enemy, which they did. And prayer is not a mindless, repetitive, one-way conversation. It actually is a central activity of the born-again believer so that he maintains his spiritual sight. Let me say that again. Prayer is the central activity of the born-again believer. It's not mindless and repetitive. Its primary purpose is to give them spiritual sight and maintain that spiritual sight and that spiritual discernment. And it's not a sight that is physical, but a sight that is discerned, all right, so that they don't fall into temptation and don't have trouble come upon them based on their own decisions. But there are times where we can experience trouble that looks very similar to what everybody else is experiencing uh, and and think, well, what have I done wrong? And there are times where we have trouble that really is not of our own doing, but that maybe is something that God is allowing us to go through in order to to to, to test our endurance. In jo- Job eight it says, And the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil all right so there are times when trouble is a trial we need to endure and in this case job was in one of those Uh, we see clearly that this that what came upon him was not a result of anything that he had done but purely all right purely a a trial that he had to go through and in times like that the kingdom-minded person goes and sits in the presence of the creator and learns to remain somewhat silent in the trial and i believe that this is what we find in job at the end of all the discussion at the end of all trying to find out what was the reason behind this trial that job was going through eventually the god confronts job and says to him he says stop your talking and just listen to what i have to say and basically, that's where I believe when we're in times of trouble that are not of our own doing, we just need to sit at any time in the presence of the Lord. Okay, an endless trap that we can um, fall into is about the cause. It's not helpful to be always thinking about what has caused this trouble, as we see in Job. So it's very important to know, for us to know why and the difference, though. If it is something deserved, then we need to repent and turn away. If it is undeserved then we need to endure and persevere but in both cases we need the intervention and the power of the Holy Spirit so it doesn't matter what the trial is Uh, obviously we need to know the cause uh, if it's something that we have done and certainly if we wait in the presence of the Lord and in in the presence of the Spirit of God He will give us insight as to why the situation has befallen, why we're in the in the situation that we're in. And then we need the power of the Holy Spirit to bring us out of it uh, as, as, as always happens. Obedience, disobedience, sin, righteousness, all these are not issues of morality, but spirituality with spiritual consequences a lot of people have tried to make what god or even jesus has called us to obey they've tried to make it an issue of morality it's not an issue of morality but of spirituality Uh, things that we disobey that god has called us to obey have spiritual consequences and then physical consequences so obedience is a spiritual thing, all right? There is a cosmic spiritual battle going on which is fighting for the souls of mankind with eternal consequence. And these dark forces are all too eager to take control of our lives and the lives of our children. And we must be aware, a kingdom person, a kingdom-minded person is not praying because this is what God requires them. They're not good because it's a moral uh, thing that we need to be a part of. The reason they are is because obedience has an effect spiritually. Remember that. Spiritual consequences and physical consequences. Obedience from insight in the power of the Holy Spirit under the banner of Christ will stop all the work of the enemy. Let me say that one more time. Obedience from insight in the power of the Holy Spirit under the banner of Christ will stop the work of the enemy wherever it is coming in. I want to encourage you to be kingdom-minded. To be kingdom-minded is to live out of a spiritual essence and not a physical essence. It's living out of the insight that God gives us through the Spirit, through the Holy Spirit, and through the Word, which is the Word of God, which is the Word of the Spirit of God. So as long as we're aware of that, so when we read our Bible, it's not an exercise of discipline. It's an exercise of learning to know about the kingdom of God. In ever-increasing measure and it is the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom but like Proverbs said wisdom has to be sought and desired and then it's easily gained for those who do not seek wisdom do not look for it then wisdom is hard to find the problem with Nicodemus and he was seeking To be born again, we need to seek. We need to be desirous of the kingdom. And that's what Paul prays, that we may be able to know him more. He didn't speak about being a better person. He spoke about knowing Christ more and his kingdom and the glories of his kingdom. Because when we have that insight, we live out a life that actually is according to what God has determined and God wants and life ensues. So I want to encourage you with that. Amen.